all the kids are congregating at my recording studio, you know, because they want me to, you know, let them in and let them rap. And in the beginning, I was blowing them off. I was like, I'm busy. I got clients or whatever. And so they um, called me out one day. They said, see, you said you had clients at 2. It's 2.30. We could have we made a hit. And so I brought them into the studio, threw the beats up, and they just went off. I couldn't believe how prolific they were and the things that they were writing and how they were able to type something in their phone and go up and get on the mic and start spitting it right away. Um, as time went on, I was like, how come you guys ain't at school? You know, what's, you, you, you're here every day, you know, and they're like, man, F school. You know, they're like, I got kicked out. They don't want me there. I don't want to be there. You know, they, they just wanted to um, learn about the music. This is High Tech High Unboxed. I'm Alec Patton, and today it is my great pleasure to introduce a guest episode from the Hip Hop Genius Podcast. This episode is a live recording from the 2022 Deeper Learning Conference of an interview with David T.C. Ellis, who as a rapper is best known for his work with Prince, and as an educator is best known as the founder of the High School for Recording Arts in St. Paul, Minnesota. And with that, I'm going to get out of the way and let the episode play. Check. In 2011, Sam Seidel published what has become a foundational book in the field of hip-hop-based education called Hip-Hop Genius, Remixing High School Education. If you know, you know. Pick up a copy and support the school. The book, available at hiphopgenius.org, covers the story of the High School for Recording Arts, founded by David T.C. Ellis. T.C. Twin Cities, y'all. Minneapolis, St. Paul. Don't miss out. Hip-hop genius. Get the book. The book also details how the hip-hop generation sparked a global movement with limited resources by flipping something out of nothing. Now, 10 years later, Sam has been joined by me, Michael Lipset, Director of Social Impact at Four Learning, and Tony Simmons, Executive Director at the High School for Recording Arts. Our goal is to get students mad enough to learn more and smart enough to get it in a whole different way. Together, the three of us are bringing you Hip Hop Genius 2.0, the second edition of that pivotal book, along with a podcast series where we put legendary musicians and educators together in conversation to discuss the state of the field. On this episode, we'll be chatting with none other than the man himself, the founder of the High School for Recording Arts, David T.C. Ellis, live at the 2022 San Diego Deeper Learning Conference. We hope you enjoy the conversation, and thanks for joining us on the Hip Hop Genius Podcast. Check one, check two. Uh, yes. Thank you, one, two. Thank you, Michelle. Yes. Uh, that was, all, there's a little correction. We have one guest and three moderators, because this guest needs like that much moderation. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, he so, deserves that much hype. Is really and that, he needs three hype men. Yes. Um, yeah, thank you all for being here with us. How's everybody doing? Tess. Did everyone at least get up and stretch between the last, no? All right, give me like a little, a little something, just. All right, so um, I just want to explain what you've just walked into, or for those of you who have been sitting here for a while, what, what you've transitioned into. Um, this is a den at a conference called Deeper Learning. 
We good on that? Yeah, okay, facts. Uh, and also, it's a live recording of a podcast that's actually, I think, two podcasts simultaneously. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, Sweet. So it's a high-tech, high... Unboxed. Unboxed Graduate School of Education podcast, which is really exciting. And it's also a Hip Hop Genius podcast recording, which is really exciting, as Corey has let us know. Let's hit, let's hit it with the Corey. Woo, woo! Uh, and we're just really glad to have you all here with us. And you're going to be helping to create, as Michelle was just explaining, like half the content here, because we're going to talk a bit, and then we're going to open it up, and we really want your, your questions to inform the second half. The only piece I want to explain up front is this is part of a series of podcasts. We're, we're thinking of it as a limited edition. Um, 10 years ago, I wrote a book called Hip Hop Genius Remixing High School Education. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Um, featuring the work of my colleagues on stage. And uh, 10 years later, I got to revisit that. Um, the vision had always been to write a book collaboratively, but the first time around, a lot of the key clicking fell on me, so that was, that was my version of it. Um, but we got to come back at it 10 years later um, and reopen the story and talk about what had happened in the 10 years in between um, and just share a whole bunch more information around it. All three of um, my fellow folks on stage, and we'll introduce each other, I think, in a moment, um, played a role and wrote, and you'll, you'll see all their names on the cover. We're going to have some books available for uh, sale and signing at the end here. Um, part of what we decided to do when we put out this 10-year anniversary edition with the book, besides adding like 100 new pages of content, was to start creating some other pieces around it to try to get the message into the world in some new ways. Um, so one of those ways is to do this podcast. Uh, the first episode was recorded two or three weeks ago in Austin, Texas at South by Southwest EDU and featured a colleague and longtime um, supporter of Hip Hop Genius, Martha Diaz, who founded the Hip Hop Education Center. I'm trying to get that by the mic. As well as DMC, from a small independent rap group you probably haven't heard of called Run DMC. Um, it was incredible, it's on all the podcast platforms, I highly recommend you check it out. Today, we're recording the second episode with you all. Um, the concept was, like Martha, an education expert, and DMC, a hip-hop legend, each episode we would bring together an uh, education expert and a hip-hop legend. This episode, we've brought that together in one person, David T.C. Ellis. So we don't, need all, we don't need another guest because the man is both a music legend and an education legend. So we're just excited to get into it um, with that. Uh, I'll pass it off. And when you listen to this podcast later and are telling everyone I was there when that was recorded, you'll hear a really beautiful intro recorded by uh, Michael. That's right. So the intros will create some sort of connection between episodes. But today we wanted to do something unique because we're all here. Um, we all know each other relatively well. We thought we would introduce each other as opposed to allowing each of us to introduce ourselves independently and do so through the lens of this question, which is... When did you know this person was serious about hip-hop? And I'm going to invite Tony <laughs> to first introduce Sam. So I asked Sam that? No, you tell us when you, and you can tell it's, got it, it's got we're it, quite prepared. Got it, got it, got when it. did I'm, you I'm, first I'm, know Sam was <laughs> serious about hip-hop? When Sam dis uh, decided, when Sam decided to move to Colas, Minnesota, <laughs> for a year and a half <laughs> to embed himself at High School for Recording Arts, 
to really give him all of the knowledge and information and experiences to write the book Hip Hop Genius. And I think you had some, a few below, 20 below degree days in Minnesota. So that was hip hop. Because <laughs> you, 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 you didn't let any of that stand in the way. And, um, but on top of that, you came into that space with such you know, um, a, a genuine, open, flowing, you know, improvisational, uh, just love and respect for who our young people were, um, their stories, the, their uh, uh, right to really be expressive in, in, in terms of who they were culturally, um, and you just blended in. You were part of that community and nobody wondered, you know, who's this little, you know, Jewish white guy hanging out in our <laughs> school that's like 95% African American, you know, Nobody thought about that. You were just that guy that was just there, just connecting and, and, and really told their stories beautifully. So that's when I knew you were hip hop. And Sam, you were invited to introduce me. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> nice, yes. Well, so two, two things come to mind. Um, first of all, thank you, Tony. That was lovely to hear that, like, those memories of some really good times we had out there together. Um, Michael two things come to mind. So one is, I don't even know how many years ago this was. It was before I knew you super well, but I knew you. I knew you as like an education guy. You were working with these guys a little bit at that time, like very early stages. And you all, I think you were a graduate student at Harvard Graduate School of Education at the time. And you arranged a, like HSRA visit to mm. um, Harvard for like a week. And you all like were producing songs with people there. And my sister-in-law came to your workshop and she sings. Mm -hmm. And she was really proud of the song that was created. And she played it for me, and it was, it was, the song was amazing. I think Bishop had made the beat, and yep. it was just a great song. Some, so she's singing, it's beautiful. Somebody starts spitting. And I was like, who's that? And she was like, that's Michael. And I was like, Michael who? And she was like, I, I don't know his last name, the tall, like, skinny white guy. I was like, that's Michael? Like, I had no idea that you spit like that. So that was one thing that I was like, oh, he's a problem. Like, okay. Um, and then the other story, which is much more recent, I already knew, but um, in case anyone here did not know, uh, these guys were up for like a major education award and they were down at a conference. They had to present and like do a how many minute, five minute pitch? Three. Three minute pitch. And this crew was there. This guy gets up and does the whole three minutes in rhyme and they got the bag. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I knew you were serious. Appreciate that. Thank you, man. That's that that song that we did out at Hugsy. That was something. You're right. That nice throwback. <laughs> um, so I get to introduce you, Tony, which means you will then have the pleasure of introducing the man himself. But before we get there, the moment I knew you were serious, we were on a call with a new addition to the team at High School for Recording Arts, waiting for someone else to join the call, and we were just, you know spitballing, throwing stuff around, bantering, whatever. When Tony volunteers that he was there the day hip-hop was created. <laughs> and of course, I'm like, no, you weren't. Come on, this is like not something I find out in small talk on a Zoom call randomly, right? I should have known that you were there the night hip-hop was born. He was like, no, for real. I was like, you're making it up. He's like, nope, I was in the club. Grandmaster Flash, it all went down. And so the fact that you were not only willing to claim that, 
<laughs> but then able to defend it. Defend it, right. Right? I thought it was a basement, Tony. Wasn't yeah, it somebody's it was basement? basement? It, it, it was, was a basement. It was a basement. You can see you he's know, told this story with, a few with times. The, with right. the plug-in right. stereo. Exactly. One of his friends got the stereo where he could plug the mic in. For over 20 years of HSRA history, every student knows that story. <laughs> <laughs> they have to sit and hear it. And I'd been working with you for four or five years, and I'd never heard it. But that's how hip-hop you are. You, you, you can come out of out of the pocket with a story like that after years of knowing somebody and I already knew you were hip hop and I didn't even know that so <laughs> Tony Simmons right yeah Tony, Tony thank you thank you so now David <laughs> you intro David okay so how I knew David was hip hop how did you know David <laughs> T.C. Ellis was serious about hip hop mm. We're going to take it all the way back to Bally's Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey, mid-1990s. I, uh, I was practicing law in New York, representing some hip-hop artists and a good friend of mine and fraternity brother, Kevin Chico Gibbs, um, was giving me clients. He was at a record label, and he said, Tony, you need to come down to this music conference, Impact, in Atlantic City. And... I'm like, man, I didn't feel like driving down Jersey Turnpike and Garden State Parkway go down there. He was like, no, dude, you need to come. Little did I know it was going to change my life. I, I get there, and it's just a sea of, like, up-and-coming artists before anyone knew Boys to Men, SWV. There was these, you know, guys just walking around. And then I sat at a table. It was Chuck D., Maureen Singleton, who was the founder of SWV, Somebody else and T.C. Ellis. I had no idea who he was, but I'm sitting next to him. So we're all talking, we're drinking, we're at the bar, everything, everything. And um, eventually, you know, he's asking me who I am, what I, you know, why I'm there. I, t I tell him, so I then said, so, so who are you? He said, I'm T.C. Ellis, Minneapolis, St. Paul. I was like, okay. I said, well, why he? He said, well, I just put out an album. Um, and um, True Confessions, and I'm here, you know, I'm promoting it, and I grew up with Prince, and, and he started talking. When he said in the mid-90s that he grew up with Prince, and he was signed to Prince label, all I saw was his lips moving at that point. <laughs> I was like, what? You grew up with Prince? But then he just started, because David's an incredible storyteller, he started telling me how after you know, growing up with Prince and then Prince blowing up and becoming this major superstar, how he used to bug Prince to let him rap with his, with his band. And the story was just freaking incredible. It was so freaking hip hop. He was just relentless. He was just, uh, just set on bugging Prince to the point where Prince had no other choice but to let this man <laughs> join his band and rap for him. And that was the moment I knew that T.C. Ellis was hip-hop. And ever since then, every single day that we've worked together is reaffirmed. David T.C. Ellis. Thank you. Um, I'm David T.C. Ellis. And, you know, I just want to thank my higher power for letting me collaborate with these guys. Sam, he came to Minnesota, like Tony said, for a year and a half or so, and he became part of my family. And um, just, you know, it was an amazing ride, and, and I love him like a brother. Um, Michael Lipset, I, I call him bossy, 
<laughs> but but he, but you got to check out his pitch. Was dope. It was amazing what he did in um in um Texas, and um. Tony is my brother from another mother, no question of the doubt. Um, I nicknamed him Pretty Boy. And uh, I, went to, I, went to, I used to go to New York and visit and stay with him. And um, he would actually like go out on dates and leave me at his house with his mom. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but his mom, she taught me well. She schooled me one day I was hanging out and she turned me on to this movie called Spook that sat by the side of the door. And it just blew me away. I had, been, I had heard about that movie and I had been looking for that movie for a long time and she had it in her video collection. And it's like, this is family for me, really, truly. And that's our mantra, family, respect, community, and education. And um, I'm really blessed to be here with these, with these young men. I, I really appreciate you guys a lot. Appreciate you too. Yep. That that is so mutual, and you know none of us would be up here without you, TC. And and for those of you who know the book, you know that it's about the High School for Recording Arts, which is really a one of a kind school in St. Paul, Minnesota, that was founded by TC. And there's so much that's unique about the school, but what is I think one of the most important elements is its origin story. And so, TC, I wonder if you could take us back again, 1990. Yeah. Wherever you want to start. Well, I got I got a little story that'll take you back to the early days of Prince and Soft and Wet. See, Prince and I were pretty good friends. We used to ride around in his Datsun 210. One of those days when Prince and I rapped, he said, I got a plan to put the town on the map. I said, yo, Skipper, what's it going to be? He said, T, I'm a star. I'm about to go far. So... That's where it all started. I grew up with Prince. He was, he'd come over to my house. He was um, hanging out with my younger sister. She was a great singer, and she was in his um, band. And um, I, after I got um, struck with hip-hop, later on, I mean, we, we all grew up in the music. I played the drums at church, and I love music. And um, after he did Purple Rain, I was just struck by hip-hop and so I was constantly like you said bugging Prince to uh let me in so finally he relented he he gave me a, a contract with his company Paisley Park and um we, I was signed to Warner Brothers and we were working we did the movie Graffiti Bridge and things were going along and so later on Prince he got into it with Warner Brothers changed his name to the symbol and he wouldn't answer or do anything under the name Prince. So finally Warner Brothers got tired. They they cut him. They they and so when they cut him, of course they cut everybody. So that was hip hop. That was, <laughs> yeah, that was hip hop. You know, he he um he wanted his masters basically and they were at the time they wouldn't give him up. So when we all got cut, I opened a recording studio downtown in St. Paul, the city that I grew up in. And if you know anything about the Twin Cities, it's super cold and all the buildings are connected by skywalks. So all the kids that ditch school or are hanging out, they're all walking through the skywalk. They're rapping, you know, they got their pants hanging down. They're, they're all going at it, right? So everybody's, all the kids are congregating at my recording studio, you know, because they want me to, you know, let them in and let them rap. And in the beginning, I was blowing them off. I was like, I'm busy. I got clients or whatever. And so they um, 
called me out one day. They said, see, you said you had clients at 2, it's 2.30, we could have we made a hit. And so I brought them into the studio, threw the beats up, and they just went off. I couldn't believe how prolific they were and the things that they were writing and how they were able to type something in their phone and go up and get on the mic and start spitting it right away. Because I couldn't do that. I'd have to get the beat. Prince would give me some music. I'd work on it for two or three days, come back to the studio. And so, you know, they, they wanted to know everything I knew about the music industry. And so um, I would tell them, hey, you got to go to the library, get the uh, PA or the SR, what's that? You know, performing art, sound recording. You fill that out. You get your... Um, um, copyright certificate from the Library of Congress. So they were actually doing that. You know, they were going through that process. And so um, as time went on, I was like, how come you guys ain't at school? You know, what's, you, you, you're here every day, you know, and they're like, man, you know, F school. You know, they're like, I got kicked out. They don't want me there. I don't want to be there. You know, they, they just wanted to um, learn about the music. And so... Um, a light came on, and I realized that was almost like how I was. I got kicked out of all the traditional public regular schools in my community. I ended up at a school called St. Paul Open School. And um, it was basically a hippie school with parents who had, had made an agreement with the school district. And um, it was kind of like the first charter school ever. And it was in Minnesota, which... A lot of you may know the charter movement started in Minneapolis, Minnesota, but this was a precursor to that. And so as this was happening to me, um, my old principal, who was at open school, he was opening a new charter school. And just a light came on in my head, and I remembered how I struggled with school, and I called him up, and I said, I got all these kids hanging at my studio every day. They're not in school, but they're really... They're genius. I mean, they're doing publishing and copyright, you know? And so he said, I'm gonna come over. He said, I'll come over and visit. And so he came over to check out what was going on. And he said, this is a good idea. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll borrow you a teacher from our school and we'll send them over to the studio in the afternoon and find out where these kids are with reading and writing and, and what. And so. Um, he enrolled the kids in his school, but he was serving them at, at my recording studio. And um, Tony, who, had engaged, who I engaged as an attorney, he was helping me with my business of music, publishing, and all that. He would fly in like once a month and do this business of music uh, class with the kids. And so it was just really bubbling. So. We probably had about 45 or 50 kids on a waiting list after a, a couple, two or three months. And so um, uh, Dr. Jennings, he, he was, um, he said, this is a good idea. He said, I think you should, we should just go ahead. Let's apply for an official charter, you know? And so I was like, okay, you know, so, so we went ahead with it. And um, we received our official charter from the state of Minnesota and it just, really took off, you know, everything that I had done in my life kind of prepared me for this life work, what I'm doing now. I had um, been in the music business. I was an entrepreneur. I um, grew up in the streets. I had a, um, an addiction to cocaine. So everything that my students were bringing to me, I could relate to 
it, even if they were dealing with parents or somebody that was struggling in life, I could even relate to that. And so um, um, we have been going for three years, so time to get review from the, <laughs> from the education department. And it was like crazy because I'm just a rough, gruff, kind of straight to the facts. I usually cuss a lot. I'm trying not to today. <laughs> but um, I called Tony, because Tony was always, I seen he was finesse, you know, and I was like, hey, he's a lawyer too. So I said, man, you need to come up here and help me with this school. I'm fixing to get, you know, they're fixing to grind me into the ground, right? Because the review was coming. And so he was like, man, you know, I, want, I really want to do that. He had always been telling me how he wanted to do something besides billables at his law firm, he was, he was complaining about that. So anyway, he moved up. I, drove, I went to um, uh, New York, Jersey. We got a, a van and he moved to <laughs> Minneapolis. And, and from, now, from there, boom, 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 we just started you know, making, making our way. And um, what well, we got like 365 kids. But I think more important than that is that the school is a phenomenon in itself in that it has reached and touched so many young people who have become amazing citizens, problem solvers, and artists. And um, I, I mean, I just, I'm like a proud papa. When I go downtown, <laughs> all the kids come at me. Um, one of my graduate students, he just produced Ariana Grande's last album. Um, another one of my kids signed to um, all the labels. So I'm, I'm just thankful to be here. Yep. Thank you. That's right. Well, I have plenty of questions I'd like to ask you. I'm sure, I'm sure, Tony, I'm sure Tony does. However, I'm getting the signal uh, that it is time to shift into the um, Q&A portion of our program. Um, so, Tony, if you've got some stuff, hold it on deck. Let's see sure, sure, uh, sure. if there's some hands from the crowd. Um, but as you all can probably tell, we get to talk and hang out quite a bit. What we don't get is this element of the conversation. So we're really excited to hear what's on your minds. You just got a little taste. Some of you may have read the book or been out to the school and know a lot more. Some may be very new to this, but wherever you are in your journey of learning about High School for Recording Arts and Hip Hop Genius, we'd love to hear your questions and we're gonna do our best to answer them in a succinct manner so we can fit in as many as possible. Um, for the podcast, do we need to give people a mic or what's the, or just repeat it? All right, we're going to repeat your question after you ask it. And, and, and you, what was your, what's your role at the Comprehensive High School? Okay, so we, we, we got to repeat the question, right? So I'll, I'll do my best and feel free to help me out here. So we got John, who's a music teacher at a Comprehensive High School. Um, he has students who are not super engaged in most of what's going on at school, but they light up when they come in his room with a particular passion around rap music and hip-hop culture, and he's wondering how to further engage them within the context that right. he's operating in. I just want to say, you need to contact Mike Lipset at <laughs> Four Learning. There's an organization that is built to help you engage and, and interact with those kids. And, yep. and I just want to add, you know, going back to the book, Hip Hop Genius, it's really about how to, how to solve that question. It's really about how do we understand young people who have a voice, who have a passion, who have something that they're brilliant at. And 
create the space and provide the opportunity for that to be seen and heard within our educational system. Why would we not do that? If they're disengaged in other spaces, but they're engaged there, it's really a no-brainer. Chris Emden, I love this quote from him. He says, when a young kid is brilliant on a street corner, but falling asleep in class, there's something wrong with that education system. So for us, the book is about, you know, how do you do that? Through stories, through, you know, data, through, um, you know, lessons and, and, and creative opportunities for young people. You know, we try to just show an example of what it means to be hip hop, but in the, in, in the bottom, you know, in the final analysis, it's just about loving young people, respecting what they bring, giving them space to be themselves, and finding ways to validate that learning and those experiences. And uh, not being anybody but yourself, right? Don't feel the need to force yourself into whatever, you know, the hip-hop thing is that you think they want. They know what they want, and they'll bring that into the space and so if we can, as educators, curate and hold that space in a healthy way, the students will do the rest. But also, uh, we got to fight for that space yes. Yes. and bum rush that space. There's a new chapter in this book called The Bum Rush, which calls on educators to crash the venue, basically. You know, if the venue's not letting you in, there's only one bouncer. Maybe there's 10 of you, right? <laughs> Wu-Tang did it. So many did it. We're talking about being, you know, really aggressive about it. Yeah. Maybe not Will Smith aggressive. No, Oscars. certainly not. No. That's maybe a little too far. A little Did too be, soon. I just tried to wake up everybody. But, but, but nevertheless, you know, really just coming forward with a sense of urgency, a sense of like, you know, we're not going to just stand for our young people to be continuously dismissed, falling through the cracks, and denied the opportunities that they have a right to achieve within our educational system. You know, you know if, you, if, if, if you're mad enough about that, you know, you're going to do something about it. And then, uh, Thank you. you know, the last piece I'll offer is, is uh, get the book, visit the school, but partner with somebody who does get hip hop, right? If you, got, if you can hold the space, right, and keep whatever's at bay that's trying to shut it down or prevent it from happening, and simultaneously bring in the teaching artist that knows what to do in the space with this genre and culture, then you've, you've won, you know, you've won the day. And this should go without saying, but pay those artists. 100 percent. That's right. Um, do we have another question? Right, thank you. What, what was your name? Okay, thank you so much. So the question is about um, how we br I don't know why I just took on this role of repeating all the questions. Anybody else <laughs> want to repeat the question? Well, how, how do we um, engage young people um, authentically in hip-hop when we know that there's times where some of the lyrics can be misogynistic, could, you know, just have things that, you know, particularly in an educational set, um, setting is, is not conducive to it. So, you know, we think about that a lot because we want to bring in young people and we want to bring them in authentically. 
they'll be able to sniff out quickly if you're not being authentic. And one of the things we established right off the bat is that we believe in free speech. We don't believe in censorship. We believe that art sometimes is happy, but sometimes art provokes. Sometimes art can even be offensive. And, you know, if a young person is telling a story, they may be putting up a mirror to what they're seeing in their community and may not be pretty. But at the same time, you know, for us as an educational institution, we know that we have to have values that um, we can live by. And David mentioned what those are. Family, respect, community, community education. education. Now, when you build the right relationships with young people, they'll buy into that fully. And all our students, you could go to any student in the last 20 years and say, what are HSRA values? And they'll tell you it exactly. Family, respect, community, education. And I'm saying that because then as we are in this creative space and we know that there's a time and place for everything and they respect that when they're within our educational setting that we're gonna honor those values. We're not gonna do violence to those values. We're going to um, express ourselves in ways that can, uh, or, you know, uh, extend out their stories still without those other aspects to it. But then as you start to engage projects and, you, and you're doing other type of work, they could then begin to understand where those other dynamics that are really hurtful, that things that could talk about, you know, um, um, issues around, you know, gender and, and sexual orientation that can be harmful, you know, harassment and bullying and all of those things. In other words, you build those foundations step by step, and as you begin to go through that process of engaging and learning and interacting with them, you're going to get to those things. What doesn't work is just saying right off the bat to, you, to them, you can't do that. So, you know, it's a process. And the and, young people deserve that. And particularly because it's not just hip-hop, right? Hip-hop is a microcosm of America and a broader neoliberal world that produces and continues to replicate sexism, racism, capitalism, wealth inequality, all the things we know that young people are dealing with anyways. So bring hip-hop into the space and let it provoke these conversations because students need to be having these conversations with their educators in ways that are structured and scaffolded. Otherwise, we're leaving them to have them anyways without us, right? Yep. So we got to do the knowledge ourselves on, okay, exactly this question, how do we do it when it arises uh, without making hip-hop the culprit, right. but keeping a big picture on what's really going on within which uh, hip-hop actually is pushing back. I just wanted to say that is a great question. I've dealt with that since day one. And the big part of it is what I call giving them game. You know, I'm like, hey, that can't go on the radio. So if we're trying to get to a certain place, you got you to gotta know how to cold shift. You know what I'm saying? Where there's a, there's a time and a place sometimes you got to pull your pants up. You know, or, or, you, got, or you have to, pull, you know, braid your dreads back or Sometimes, and, and they get that, because they're, they're street savvy, they know what it is, so when I spit the truth to them, I'm telling them what it is, hey, you know, this is a school, you can't, you know, you gotta tone that back, you know, we, but like, we can have a conversation, but I just keep it real, it's a relationship, yeah. and, and it's showing them love and understanding, they have that 
um, opportunity in a relationship with an adult that's telling them the right thing, and they'll listen. Mari, do we have time for one more? I know Michelle said we could go a little bit long. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. <laughs> okay, I will for the first time in my life. <laughs> Tony, why don't you beatbox and, and TC can... Oh, I have not I go acapella. I use the heartbeat. Well, we heard... You. Yeah, yeah, it hurts them. Yeah, cool. Well, well, this this our guest of honor, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Well, I I I spit it like uh, Twin Cities. Um, see, this here raps about the true confession. If you listen close, you're about to learn a lesson. You must know failure before success. Now, this is the failure. I must confess. I was hanging on the street trying to deal with this. Playing the games almost got dismissed. Cocaine was a thing that I took on and nowhere was the place that I was going. Now, I must tell the truth. I cannot lie. I was headed for the kill, still destroy and die. From the top to the bottom, the bottom to the top. Success is where I'm headed. There ain't no doubt. Success is something that we all want, but the truth is what you need to reach that point. The truth is something you can't deny. Your only defense is to tell a lie. I had to get this message, the stone cold truth. I hope there's something in it that's there for you. Like I said before, I'm going to tell you again, success is something that's deep within. So remember the truth. You can't go wrong. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. I had to do this rap, and I know it's right, because I did it in the truth. I did it in the light. True confession. David C.C. Ellis, y'all. Yes. <laughs> but you know they saved the best for last. <laughs> this has been a production of Hip Hop Genius. Order a copy now at hiphopgenius.org. All author royalties go to supporting the High School for Recording Arts. Original music for this podcast was produced by DJ Mickey Breeze. You can find Sam on Twitter at Hustlington. Tony can be found at Tony Minneapolis. Michael can be found at Last Name Lipset. You can find TC on Twitter at DavidTCLS1. A special thank you to Alec Patton, Editor-in-Chief at High Tech High Unboxed, for making this recording possible. Catch us next time on the Hip Hop Genius Podcast. Hightech High Unboxed is hosted and edited by me, Alec Patton. Our theme music is by Brother Herschel. If you like our podcast, you should definitely subscribe to the Hip Hop Genius Podcast as well. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.